0: We're here and we made it. I have the amazing Jill Miller with me today, folks. And Jill, it's really good to have you with me. Thank you. And it's also really great to finally meet you.
1: (laughs) Likewise. Yes. We've been trying to talk for I think almost a year. Yeah, it's been been a
0: while, right? Yes. And you've yeah, you've got so much great stuff going on and um we've tried a few times, well now we score. We we finally get together and I've been looking forward to this because you know, I was, it was, it was we were talking off camera before we started recording. I started following you. I, I was just thinking, actually, it's probably more like 10 years ago, because that's when I first met our mutual friend, our mutual brother, Dr. Perry Nicholson. And uh, the first day I was with him, we I was in northern Jersey at a place. I uh, can't remember the name of the place, but Evan Shate owns it. And I love Evan. And Perry says, you got to check out Jill Miller. So that was the beginning you. for me.
1: That's awesome. Thank you, Perry. Thank you for bringing people together. You You are a
0: connector. So um, just a little bit here, I'll read. Sure. Um, Jill Miller is a renowned fitness expert, yoga teacher, author, and very well known for her her yoga tune-up method. Uh, As an author, We have a couple of great books she has uh, written. The Role Model is fantastic, and I love The Role, R-O-L-L, model. Great book. And then your newest book, Body by Breath, which I'm particularly interested in talking about because I have a lot of questions about it and breath and relevance to breath and our movement, health, emotions, everything. And, of course, um, do you mind telling us you're contributing author on a couple of other books, right? One is about fascia.
1: Yes. So there's a book called Fascia Function and Medical Applications, Mm -hmm. and I'm a contributing author on a chapter on self myofascial release. And we literally the contract just came in yesterday. We're going into second edition. So that's amazing that there's such a demand for it and and that new science keeps emerging so that we can actually update all of our chapters, all the authors in this book and provide a context for the medical community because many of them did not receive a lot of, if they received fascia training at all during medical school, it's certainly not where the Fashion Research Organization, Fashion Research Society, is today. So, um, that's a really cool thing.
0: That's really good. That that's something I'm looking forward to really digging into, because that area seems to me seems like it's really expanding, and the knowledge that we're gaining, uh, we being you, really uh, the experts. I'm just the guy who studies what you put out, <laughs> right, and <laughs> a few others. But uh, that's an that's a really interesting field. Um, well, do you mind, can we just talk about, um, can we dive right into the yoga tune-up real quick and just talk mm-hmm. about the formation of that and the mm-hmm. overall, you know, what it's about? Because I want to bring your work to my audience and then I definitely want to dive into Body by Breath very much so. yeah, but yoga tune-up, Jill, tell us more about this.
1: Yeah, well, yoga tune-up came about out of a frustration that I was experiencing when I started to teach yoga. When I started to teach yoga, I had a lot of different tributaries of training that went into my, my, my life. I'm a, I've been a mover since I was a tween and studied many different, uh, movement modalities. Yoga really stuck because I really liked the slow pace of it. And I was just a complete stress monger, anxiety filled kid. And this was the thing that just help me rest myself in myself. Um, And so when I became a a yoga instructor and started to teach in classrooms, uh, some of my massage training and some of my corrective exercise training started to speak out at me because I was watching people go through the motions of yoga asana. And in particular, uh, Vinyasa, because I was teaching in a vinyasa studio at the time, and Vinyasa, if you're not familiar with it, Vinyasa is these very elaborate um, choreographed string of movements, one to the next to the next, with intermittent um, static stretching if we, you know if we just reduce it down to <laughs> to static poses in between. Mm-hmm. But what I saw in the classroom was that um, many people were bypassing good joint mechanics when they were either in a pose or transitioning to poses. And because I had had other training in dance movement, corrective exercise and massage, I actually knew better how I could help them stimulate themselves in a way so that their body would be better suited for their version of the pose and that they weren't trying to aspire towards a 2D poster of the shape. So mm-hmm. I started to stop my class and say let's let's tune up the shoulders a little bit here so that you can actually feel the glenohumeral joint so that you can actually feel the movements of the scapula and then we can better position the shoulder for mm-hmm. like something like Chaturanga like a push-up like position or even just to be able to stabilize in a plank. And so I would take them through exercises and then I started to bring balls into the room. And these balls were grippy, pliable balls Mm -hmm. that um, would serve as a massage stimulus. So it actually have them massage themselves because they started to figure out, like even just going through movements and showing them all these different joint articulations. And by the way, this is back in um, 2000, probably 2000, 1999, 2000, like 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago almost mm-hmm. a quarter century ago. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow, right? Time goes so um, fast,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. Time
1: goes by Crazy. really fast. So I would get people down on the ground, I'd have them massage their bodies and be teaching them about anatomy while they're massaging themselves. And then we would pop back up and and go through movements, of uh, you know, whether it was yoga asana or whether it was these little yoga tune-ups that I would create, these little uh, joint exercises to help build proprioception, because mm-hmm. I found that um what one of the big missing pieces for people was body sense. And so I was just uh, so determined to help my students locate themselves. It was more important for me that my students learned their bodies and mapped their bodies than it was for them to execute a, you know, a nice shape. So because that could then transfer their embodiment of their anatomy could translate outside the classroom, as they walked down the stairs, as they went and shopped, as they picked up their children, as they drove in their cars, as they did other athletic endeavors or pedestrian endeavors or whatever. I just wanted to help my students embody their body. And so Yoga Tune-Up really ultimately became a format that I developed and it was so disruptive and it was so unconventional. And I pissed off a lot of people (laughs) in the traditional yoga space i didn't you know i didn't have like thousands of students clamoring to come to my classes in fact i remember renting a martial arts studio in santa monica and many times i was paying my students to be there like their tuition did not cover my rent but mm-hmm. i was on a mission i was very young i was in my late 20s early 30s and i just i have, i thought this was the right way to do things <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but luckily, um, I think some people noticed, um, word of mouth spread. This was before Facebook and I was able to build some notoriety, get, got photographed in yoga journal magazine for oh, a novel nice. exercise. I taught called nolly Kriya, which was an abdominal, uh, a gut thing that's featured mm-hmm. in body by breath. And, um, eventually people started saying, how can I teach yoga tune-up? I want to learn how to do what it is you do. Um, Around the same time, I met my husband and a lot of people were encouraging me to expand what I was doing. And so I ultimately built a teacher training program and now there are eight different courses within that teacher training program underneath my company, Tune-Up Fitness Worldwide.
0: Right, now those are on the website, right? You can access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a whole, the website's really nicely put together. And see courses on there. Um, I think that, you know sometimes, like the story you're telling there about paying your students essentially to be there is sometimes you know that's part of the investment, I guess. And if you stand by what it is you feel is you're doing is benefiting people, it's the right or best thing that you know how to do. Then we we pay for that up front, and then hopefully if it catches on, you know we can help people and and then we do okay too, maybe, right? Yeah,
1: well, I was waitressing all the other gotta, days of, of of the week to, yeah. to pay rent. So yeah. it's not that this was my side hustle. I knew I was onto something. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think somebody told me a long time ago, money follows virtue. And so I just kept digging into the education. I just kept yeah. digging into the why. And I was relentless with trying to be a student of my students and help them with their aches, pains, um, challenges, and help students that conventional yoga was uh, ignoring or overlooking. So I think there was a huge opportunity, there still is a huge opportunity for um, adapting yoga for so many different bodies. Um, and now, I mean, honestly, we're in 2023, um, de- de- you know, the, the deconstruction of yoga and bringing functional movement into yoga is full on. It's just like, it's totally out there. But I would like to, to think I was one of the first pioneers, um, at that, around in that, in that time, in that era.
0: What there's no doubt you're a pioneer and, uh, I know what you mean. It is full on, by the way, I've taken some notes because you're already giving me these things to think about just in my own work here with the people I work with. Um, the, the terms I've read that you've said, or I've watched videos of you like map your body.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, that's you can't put enough high level of importance on that self-awareness, awareness awareness of body, where things are, what's happening Um, and being a student of your being a student of your student. I love that, too, because, you know, when I teach anywhere I've gone around the world and teach, sometimes I even say it to them. I say, I guarantee when we walk out tomorrow night, I learn more than any of you. Cause there's one of me and there's all of you and y'all you have your mm-hmm. ba- backgrounds, but I teach a concept and then bingo. Holy cow. I walk out. Feel like Isn't it amazing?
1: The, I mean, that's uh, information the thing. Like, that lottery. Is... Yeah. Information lottery. Yeah. That is the gift that we get as teachers is yeah. we're really trying. I'm always trying to meet my students at their, at their learning edge. And, um, it's, it's an, it's a novel challenge every time i mean i might show up with some ideas and some themes um and even a sequence and as soon as i try out my first four cues on my people their bodies and their processing of of what i'm conveying to them starts to dictate the flow of the, of the process that we go into together and it is a process i'm not a results oriented teacher i'm a process oriented teacher um and so the, the entire ethos around the pedagogy i have is about process-based learning um so that i can stay fresh and it can it can it needs to be dynamic
0: man you have so many golden nuggets we're only 13 minutes into this <laughs> no seriously things like um this just makes me think of a whole bunch of things meeting a student at their learning edge, I mean, that that's brilliant. I mean, for me, that's just that's going to make me think I'm going to have to ponder that and how I can address that Um, uh, process versus outcome. Um, Or no, you said, how did you put that result? Well, yeah,
1: same thing. Outcome results, definitely would, I mean, piss a lot of people off. Um, And, you know, there's a time and a place for results oriented training but that's not what this pit stop is that's not what tune-up is um yeah. you know or a on, on, process.
0: it's not like you go in and an hour later you're out and it's all done forever no. and you pick up where you left Can't off be. or you have a bad day and you regress a little or whatever kind of like life is it can be yes um and the other thing i find interesting about teaching no, no matter where where or what even if it's one-on-one is that uh that uh ADD gets the best of me sometimes. And I have no idea what I was just about to say, but it will come back. Okay, so, <laughs> oh, oh, every workshop is different. Every teaching mm-hmm. experience is different. Every the same person, one-on-one, two different, three different, four different sessions is different. And I love that because that flow you talk about, it's like a workshop molds itself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then mm-hmm. falls under whatever concepts you're teaching um but it can it just finds its own way i just love it um so thank you for sharing about yoga tune-up and i've i've wanted to hear more about that from you and we just did i just want to want to encourage people to go and check out the website too uh if you don't mind sharing that with us and i want to go into your your books especially the newest one
1: the website is my company name which is tuneupfitness.com sorry yeah so tune up fitness is my my company and then within the company i've developed a number of formats and the most well-known are yoga tune-up uh and the other is the role model method Got it. and then body by breath is now this third
0: so tell us about this book how it came about And just talk about it with us, because I I love I love what you have done here.
1: Thank you. Um, Well, breath is a shaping force within your body for so many different systems. If you think about it from a musculoskeletal perspective, your breathing is a force producer for posture. Your breath is a force producer to help with digestion, um, elimination, both below the belt and above the throat, right? We eliminate through coughing, sneezing, uh, exhaling. We also eliminate uh, our digestion and our urination and we move our babies out. So our our breathing muscles are a very powerful aspect of, of shaping our body and shaping our moment to moment experience. The breathing muscles also are a big contributor to posture. So we can look at breath from a musculoskeletal standpoint, and I do that within the book, but breathing is also this incredible agile tool that the body uses obviously to maintain its life, (laughs) but we can adjust our breath's pace anytime we want in order to adjust our emotional state, our state regulation. So those are very, very powerful impact on all the things I mentioned before. Um, just changing your breathing and adjusting your state might be the thing that could help to slow down digestion if you happen to be a very, very uh, rapid expeller, right? If you tend to be have frequent <laughs> diarrhea or right. if you're a very, very slow uh, processor of food, um, changing breathing habits might be the thing that helps to mobilize your intestines to move Move things along. So there, there's there can be these emotional results of using breathing for this for this reason or for that reason. But also, we can adjust our breathing to affect very specific systems within our body, which is amazing to have this turnkey thing that can be done by anybody, any time of day, any position, anywhere.
0: Absolutely, it is amazing. Um, I never appreciated it. And I probably still don't fully appreciate it, but I didn't really appreciate any of it until, oh, I don't know, you know, two, three years ago when I started to have breathing issues. Um, mm-hmm. So just real quick, I I have uh, spent my, the, my first career was a musician, a drummer for a living. So I started very young. I was 14 and I was professional and getting paid and all this stuff and traveling and working with some really great, great, great musicians. Um, but for the about 30 years of that, even after they banned New York, uh, smoking in public places in New York State, I'd still be traveling to places that didn't ban smoking. So I was never a smoker other than one pack of cigarettes in high school because I thought it would be cool and I almost threw up every time and said, this is disgusting and dirty. I was never a smoker. Well, 30 plus mm. years later, um i 'm diagnosed with c o p d actually twelve years ago is not officially diagnosed when my doctor said you probably have it early stage so now i 'm full in uh, mm. even as recent as a year ago um but what's interesting though, and i don't want to take away from i think i want to get back to your book here but i'd love for you to share for anyone out there who's had any kind of breathing issues whether it 's c o p d from you know first hand smoke second hand smoke or both or maybe now uh because of the exercises i've been doing that have helped my posture Mm -hmm. (laughs) my cerebral cerebral my brain and my um i'm downgraded to asthma so the upper lobe scarring it hasn't gone away but the rest of the lung has gotten better and i feel better and i have more energy and i think better and i'm more life in me but that was then. When I started doing this, I'm starting to realize. Wait a minute. Okay, posture is like there's a relationship here. Of course, we do VO2 resting tests here, and VO2 sub max and max testing. And one of the assessments they give is breathing and cognition, breathing and posture. There's actually a relevance to both. Mm-hmm. So. I've, um, now that I just divulged that information, I'm just a cu- curious to hear any of your thoughts about all yes. of those things intertwined and in those relationships of respiratory problems, health, movement, cognition, you name it, vitality.
1: Yes, Carl, first of all, I'm so moved that you shared that with me um, and how unfortunate and how unconscious society was uh, to the... The perils of smoke, especially secondhand smoke. I'm a child of smokers, grew up in houses where everybody smoked, being in the back seats of cars with smokers. Um, these are extremely core memories in yeah. my body. But I also grew up in a home where I had a, a smoker mom who was also at severely asthmatic. And one of yeah. the main drivers of the entire book was, you know, I I would wake up, I remember wake, being woken by ambulance sirens taking my mom to the hospital when i was a young child and i learned very early that without breath you die now my mother is fine i mean fine is subjective my mother has still has a chronic asthma and a lot of complications that come along with that um we'll get into that but i also had two grandmothers die from copd related illness so the fact that you had this diagnosis and that you have managed to downgrade what would seem like a terminal illness and walk it back through your own protocols is, is something everybody needs to hear, I need to hear, and I'm just really heartened by that. Um, so there are a, a number of of protocols uh, and explanations in body by breath that address your body, your tight your body, the the people that do have challenges with um, in and out breathing, expansion of breathing um, and uh, may have scarring throughout their lungs. So one of the things that came out about the pandemic was. <laughs> this, you know, first of all, the the virus went after endothelium. And so you just never know which lining of which vasculature the virus will decide in your body to go after. I mean, some people had kidney disease, other people had lung disease, other people had um, uh, different uh, brain related uh, challenges. But the lungs, because it was an upper respiratory bug, the lungs tend to be a really unfortunate bed for uh, disease and long-term disease. So long COVID is one of the top two um, diseases that uh, are being watched worldwide. That along with anxiety and depression related diseases are two of the fastest growing disease categories on the planet. And uh, my book uh, unconsciously was able to, it tackles all of this. It's not what I set out to do because I started writing this book eight years ago. Um, it's what I've always wanted to write. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to share my, my approach to uh, core based work, which happened to be through breathing and through the guts, um, manipulating these tissues with the variety of role model balls that I share. All right. So I just front loaded a lot to say one of the big exercise protocols that I share out in the book are. Manipulations of one's own breathing tissues. So when you you know, when you've got asthma or COPD, that you know, they might say, Oh, here are the exercise categories that you can do, here are the drug protocols that you can do, obviously, here are the dietary things to minimize flare-ups and so on. But one of the things that's missing for a lot of people is the massage of the lung tissue and the massage of The muscles of all three zones within your axis, within your axis that govern respiration. There's a lot to unpack. Um, So, you know, your lungs, especially if you have scarring, it's very, very helpful to expectorate the sputum, right? The stuck fluid, the stuck mucus. And one doesn't even know how much fluid is just stuck and unable to be mobilized up and out um, and you can you can get that by using mucus thinning medications they have their own side effects but one of the things that i have found with my clients is the manipulation of the ribs and the lungs using the gorgeous ball mm-hmm. looking around um thought i had rolled one over here by my seat hang on let me go grab it
0: yeah this is really i'm with you 100 percent on this especially just thinking about this massage of lung tissue Massage of muscles, and um, how relevant (laughs) all that is. Okay,
1: yeah, great. Yeah, great. Honestly, oops. This is one of the things that drew Doc Perry to my work. Is I was having people lay on. This is a. I'm holding up. If you're listening to this, a soft inflatable, air-filled ball. It's a Mm -hmm. little bit, kind of like the size of, smaller than my head, Mm -hmm. and it's got a very tender touch to it, and you can always deflate it if you need it even more tender. But when you lay upon it, it provides biofeedback about where you are and aren't breathing. It also provides biofeedback about the tension in the different zones within your within your trunk where the muscles of respiration live. Now, if we have a lot of rigidity in any of the zones, and I've got three zones, I can break them down for you, but Basically, it's stuff below the rib cage, it's the stuff within the rib cage, and then it's the stuff of the shoulders, neck, and head yeah. um, that break, break down neurologically also um, in terms of our stress response. But when we rest upon the ball, do some different breathing strategies, and then move a little bit, move gently and fluidly with the ball. it. Helps to not only massage the tissues that govern respiration, that might help my ribs to open and close better, but it also helps the lungs themselves to be squeezed and wrung and to slide within the rib cage. And mm. that helps to express fluids that are stuck all the way at the bottom of the chain, at the at the in the alveoli sacs that mm. just are these dead zones, right? For fluid. Now, in addition to all this, we are manipulating our dominating breathing muscle that is the respiratory diaphragm. The respiratory Mm -hmm. diaphragm is frequently a completely off the grid muscle in terms of our body awareness. And that is because this dome shaped muscle that lives inside your rib cage that that makes you breathe about 22,000 times a day, it has no sensory, it has no proprioceptors in it that, that tell you about where it is in your body. So for Mm -hmm. example, right now, if I say to you, Carl, um, Carl, can you tell me like, is your elbow straight or is it bent? And can you feel the tone in your biceps without touching it? Can you get a sense of your biceps and can you get a sense of the bend in your elbow?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And your mind can go there and it can can sense that. But if I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, anybody can, and if I said, okay, now, Tell me where your diaphragm is in like, where exactly is it in mm-hmm. in your breath cycle right now?
0: Nope.
1: you, you I cannot... mean, I can think
0: about it and maybe try to create some diaphragmatic breathing, but it's a different that's totally right. Well, you can feel elbow. your
1: guts expand. Yeah, you can feel your waist or low back mm-hmm. expand, but You can feel your ribs expand, but you can't actually feel the diaphragm the way you can feel your biceps. And that's yeah. because we just we don't have these sensors in our diaphragm okay. that that play out in our sensory motor cortex. Obviously, your your brain knows where your diaphragm is. But sure. you can, it's, it's almost impossible to become conscious of it. it, unless you have the hiccups. And sometimes when we have the hiccups, we get a really good sense of of it.
0: Sure. Good. Um, and that's just a, that. a
1: spasm of the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. By the way. Oh, okay. so, okay, so One of the big themes of Body by Breath, I use four tools to help you build what I call the science and practice of physical and emotional resilience. And the four tools are breathe, roll, move and non-sleep deep rest yoga nidra. And so for my friends who are dealing with, you know, serious aff- afflictions to their breathing, it's really important to, to not just concentrate on this nose to lungs experience of breathing, but to actually manipulate the tissues and then feel the vast impact that breathing has all over the body. And that's really, it's laid out for you in the book, both in the scientific chapters and then in the practical chapters.
0: I love it. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about, you mentioned a word that rings a bell with me because the work I do here, a, a lot of work I do here, uh, it has rigidity was the word. And I work, um, if you will, and I don't mean this in a strange way, if if there's anything I'm known for in the movement world, it would be working with people with movement disorders, particularly Parkinson's. That's the... Mm-hmm. The avenue research wise and every other wise that I've gone down for a long, long time. Well, what's really interesting is, um, you know, this lack of dopamine production in the brain, particularly, can, you know, cause so many problems. But there are do- there's dopamine in other areas of the body, you know, the liver and the respiratory parameters. So when you add on the fact that if, if you take dopamine out of or, or diminish the respiratory dopamine um, presence, if you will, and you have rigidity for as a part of Parkinson's, let's say, and your chest is tight and your posture is bent over because a lot of these things kind of go along with, well, life in general, But and, and as we age a lot of times too, but Parkinson's is a special unique thing in Parkinson's isms and any kind of dopamine deficient, you know, MSA, um, a couple others too. But we have trouble getting people to be able to take a deep breath because they're so rigid that they're, you Know sternocostal, their costal, everything is so rigid. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to expand those can be a real challenge to be able to allow for a deep breath. And so, that ball, um, tune up fitness, can you buy them there? Of course, <laughs> you have tools on there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah.
1: whole fleet of role model balls. Yeah. um of different different sizes and different tensions of rubber um the this is, i'm holding up a small ball this is called the yoga tuna oh, yeah, ball and yeah. all of our balls are made with grippy pliable rubber there's three different mm. sizes of the solid rubber balls and then there's the air-filled gorgeous ball and um nice. these are really great for you know in terms of a neurological relay but also in terms of improving fascial stretch and fascial glide sure. um, improving the production of hyaluronan—that's the, the the grease or the slick fluid that helps your tissues to be able to move upon one another. Um, one of the challenges with rigidity is the abundant um, the abundant stickiness that can happen when hyaluronan binds to itself instead of water. And so we need to do things to these stiff tissues, um, specifically with some friction and shear. You know, using tools like the role model balls, um, which you can do yourself. But it's a lot less you know, it's a lot more um, uh, financially, um, uh, it, it's a lot easier to do it yourself than to have to call a massage therapist every time you're feeling Absolutely. incredibly yeah. stiff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this gives you, that's why the book is called The Role Model, my, my first book, it gives you that autonomy of self-care and self-massage treatment whenever and wherever uh, you need it. But I, I agree, I think many people don't realize that these muscles of respiration, I mean, they control everything. So they're also controlling your perceptions, your mood, your, you know, your state, like I said earlier. And if you can adjust their unconscious bracing, there can be a tremendous cascade that benefits all systems of your body and also will motivate you to move more and to stay moving.
0: You know, it's really interesting because I, it's so funny because the more complex I see something, sometimes it just brings everything around to the more simple it actually is. Like uh, an example would be how, let's see, we've done a few like little pilot data studies here for various companies. And one of the things we notice in particular is if somebody comes in with any type of cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's cognitive impairment, if you will, Uh, once we do even as little as three minutes of an elevated heart rate, so cardio, if you will, at a a rate Mm -hmm. that they're comfortable with, it's not a maxing out high interval thing. It's just putting out the effort, though, getting the heart rate up. Um, We've done pre and post cognition tests. Mm -hmm. And and, and 100% of the time, their cognition approves. So why would that be? I mean, well, probably a lot of factors. They have blood and oxygen being delivered to the brain through oxygen, through blood, oxygen, through breath, because they're elevating their heart rate. So their muscles need more oxygen. So they're drawing in more frequent breaths and hopefully a little deeper breath. And to me, what's amazing is how breath can actually, I've seen this countless times, I'm sure you have too, can improve cognition. It can improve how you feel. I mean, we look at the limbic system, we look at our emotions, we look at our cognition, we look at our energy levels, look at our lack of energy levels. Once we get moving, once we get breathing, it seems to be like everything gets better. All things get better. Isn't it wild? (laughs)
1: one of the one oh. of the researchers that i feature in body by breath there's a i think a, the breathing brain there's a chapter on the breathing brain um this is not my area of specialty but i certainly pay attention when anything is when anything is breath related there's a neuroscientist that specializes in respiration or the neural aspects of respiration his name is dr jack feldman and man, I've heard of, I, know I, jack.
0: I don't know jack i know jack though
1: yeah oh he's the man course. He is, he is, the he is the man. And, um, yeah, I gave him an, a copy of my book. As soon as I got them in from the publisher, we had lunch sure. uh, I had interviewed him for the book and had the honor of actually teaching at a retreat with him and Dr. Andrew Huberman, uh, oh, during the pandemic. Gosh,
0: Cause that's where I, I heard don't... about him is on Huberman's podcast. That's right. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love Andrew so, so I much. was
1: I, I had read I had some of his studies in my in the drafts of my book prior to meeting him, and I could never have imagined this character. <laughs> he's so fun. But anyway, he he's the man or the person or the scientist who discovered the neural origins of respiration. He is the the scientist who discovered a certain zone of the brainstem called the prebotzinger complex where inhales originate. And then he also discovered a region of the brainstem called the parafacial nucleus where exhales originate. But one of the things I learned from him that I didn't know, I've learned so many things from him that I didn't know, is that breathing, these, these, these movements of the respiratory signal aren't just flowing down the phrenic nerve to tell the diaphragm to contract which creates your inhalation by the way but these signals are also pinging around into different brain centers but they're also creating its own rhythmic oscillation throughout the entire brain so every few seconds when you have a a breath occur you have these wave forms penetrating through the entire structure inside your skull. And it's not clear what these oscillations do for the whole of the brain, but he thinks that they are a unifying uh, network to provide some type of necessary connection between multiple brain centers. And so breathing rhythmically, whether it's happening because it's happening or whether we decide to alter the way we're breathing has a profound effect on all brain centers or all brain regions, not centers, all brain parts. And so much more needs to be uncovered and discovered about that. But, you know, I just when I'm walking my dog, if I'm not telling Instagram about, oh, here's the dog walk talk today, (laughs) when I'm walking and I'm not uh, dealing with media, I really love to meditate on that, on what are these brain waves doing what are these breathing waves doing for my brain and just meditate on it partner with that and yeah, and I kind like of that. chew on that i love being taken care of by the ocean of my breath right the ocean always has waves There's for another, the earth
0: another gem and right there
1: our breathing always has some type of effect on our brain as a whole and not just on the stuff below which i've always been obsessed with i mean i've been obsessed with the diaphragm like i said since i was a young young girl
0: mm-hmm. you know interesting because i was just thinking of a million things here but one of them in particular is when i went to school for music way, way, mm. way back 40 something years ago um fortunately and unfortunately we had to take singing classes so that's not something i enjoyed doing but you're taught to use your diaphragm. You've got to push oxygen air through the larynx, through the vocal cords to produce sound, to project and increase your volume. And uh, what well, we learned how to do that. So that was my first experience ever knowing about the diaphragms in relation to breathing. So um, of course, I didn't sing in any of the bands I was ever in. And I probably won't be singing anytime soon. But at the same time, that was my, I I keep that in mind for some of the work I do, but the way you're talking about this though, I I like, I guess for lack of better description or words, you're taking control of this, this breathing thing, you're, you're doing mindful breathing. I mean, that sounds really Mm -hmm. cliche, No. but you can intentionally change your breathing which means you can intentionally change your state like you said mm-hmm. in so many different ways it's just to me so yeah. fascinating i'm so fascinated by this this is well, like my i can new rewind i so have you... addictive tendencies so right now i'm for a few years now i'll be addicted to breath
1: <laughs> great well i hope you can get to one of the seminars so that you can uh, really embody I want the to. body by breath process Mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it while it, it's available in the book and there's lots of, uh, QR codes to help take you to videos, there's always nothing like, uh, learning it yeah. in the classroom setting. So I'm a singer. Oh, great. And the original time I learned about the diaphragm, my very first time learning about the actual diaphragm wasn't a voice lesson, just like yourself. And that was, uh, yeah, I can see myself standing in my music teacher's space with her explaining the diaphragm. Uh, I, I don't know if it was an accurate explanation. I've certainly learned a lot by researching the diaphragm in the last eight years, but it certainly stuck with me and became very important. But yeah, singing was my, my, my first love long before yoga was. And I wanted to be a singer as a kid. And when I got into college, I was in theater arts and performing arts in, theater, in the in the theater school at Northwestern University, just outside of Chicago. And I used to live
0: in Evanston. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude,
1: we probably know each other. I used to work I, at the. I Lincoln went there Water. to go to
0: school because I auditioned, got accepted, and then I never actually. I moved to. I lived on Ridge Road. You know where that is if you were in West? Evanston. And I never went to school. I spent two you, years. Did you get into
1: the music department?
0: I got accepted into music program, yeah, but I never went. I decided to do gigs, <laughs> so I was in the loop, <laughs> in Lincoln Park all the time, every night.
1: Unbelievable! This is, that my, is this is
0: way before. I'm a lot older than you. I moved there in eighty, early eighty two. Came back in eighty four to where I, uh, Syracuse, New York. But yeah, great place. Well, uh, I started so sorry, there in so,
1: nineteen. I started there in nineteen eighty nine. We're not that different in age. Okay. We're well, not that far apart.
0: So did did you go to Northwestern?
1: Yes. So I went to Northwestern. Oh, man. God bless you. And I but when I was at Northwestern my first two years, I was bulimic. I was dealing with an eating disorder that had started in my in my teens. And mm-hmm. that's part of the origin story of the book as well and why uh visceral massage, organ massage is a huge feature in the book. Um the the book is not about you know, how to heal an eating disorder, but it just so happens that I had to go through my body using tools to become conscious of my body and to connect with my feelings. But the the, the reason I'm telling you this about Northwestern and about singing is I ended up not pursuing music any further. When I got to school, it was really clear that I did not have the strength of my voice of, of a voice or a developed voice or ability to develop my, the voice, the way I saw some of my classmates. Mm-hmm. And I know now that the reason why I was unable to do it were was one, what I was dealing with emotionally, but two, sure. what it was doing to me structurally. So there's no way you can binge and purge, um, and throw up and have a voice that is healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, even though I was taking voice lessons you know, as part of what I what I did there, I stopped that part and I, I kept acting and I kept dancing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I went back to voice during the writing of the book. It was during the pandemic, because I would consult with singers all the time and teach okay. singers and say, oh, this is very helpful for singing. But I actually wasn't singing and figuring it out for myself. I just knew that it worked because I had seen success with a lot of opera people using my work. And Broadway people are, you know, rock people, and um, so I actually started to sing with uh, my kids' music instructor, uh, Chad Wolf, who has a band, Carolina Liar, a great rock band from the early 2000s or late 2000s. I don't know, 2000 something. And um, he has just been my muse and helped me eradicate all my bad habits in my voice, and now that I'm so in my body also and my knowledge of anatomy, the experience of singing is a completely different iridescent, psychedelic, and not anatomically informed escapade in my body whenever I sing. Um and it's because of of, of I mean obviously the, the, the health of my body, but uh, knowing what I know about using breath and about integrating all these diff- these body parts. So I love your story. And I know a lot of people don't enjoy singing or they like singing, but they don't want to be in, in front of the microphone. But but for me, it has become one of the most regulating practices that I do. And it's all built on breath mechanics.
0: You know, I feel like um, not not to hijack into a different area, but just for one moment, we're talking about some life events here and experiences that are, I think, really important. Um, for me, uh, I feel like oh boy, don't hold me to it. Anybody whoever watches or hears this, that singing is something I probably should do.
1: Mm.
0: No, you didn't hear that, <laughs> because it gets me. Uh, it, it's a fear. I I'm, I can public speak in front of anybody, anywhere, anytime. I never, 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 never get nervous. It doesn't matter who it is, what the who the audience is, or how many people singing forget about it as mm. they say uh <laughs> this is inside joke forget about it so anyways no, I not it. Gonna have him. but um i I, th- I think that'd be a really good thing for me to probably do i've actually thought about calling up the main guy here who i used to be a drummer for for a long time he's like the greatest vocalist and mm. jazz and contemporary jazz and blues and r&b and say ronnie it's time
1: oh my gosh Oh, it sounds great. I mean, I for know, me, man. it's like, that is my soul practice. I mean, I do lots of stuff, but it, it I mean, is. this
0: is the uh, Sennheiser 900 something uh, Stevie Nicks mic. I could use this microphone. <laughs> this see, is a it's super high-end mic. I mean, this is literally what she uses. So, Ugh. so instead I just talk right now. Lucky you. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I wanted to go back to something here. Sure. Um, okay. So we're talking about, I think so first of all the books are available on your website okay so the books the...
1: are available through amazon i i'm not a bookseller i mean we do sell the role model book but body by breath is so heavy it's a 480 page hardback so you yeah. get amazon you get amazon for body by breath and while you're at it pick up a copy of the role model yeah um but okay. yeah that's the best place to buy books okay that, i of... wanted
0: to ask you if, if if there was a best place because some it varies with different people you know and how the how it's all set up but okay so i, I saw them and i'm amazon too I yes. saw both of them there um can you just talk a little bit about um the role model because yes that, that's i i just love that i think it's one of the greatest books out there
1: oh thank you um i want to just finish one thing about the voice so uh yes. originally with body by breath i had there were another 350 pages to this book that we had to eliminate a year before publishing. Oh, um, and many, and th- many of those pages were testimonials, stories um, from people who have um, included this work in their lives and their stories of healing and transformation. And one of those stories was a, a voice teacher at USC who has a partially paralyzed vocal cord. Oh. And she would bring me in to do sessions with her vocalists and the uh, instrument department would bring me in to do role model sessions with uh with the with the instrument department but the the vocalists really do well with the body by breath work because it very much helps to relax their body and then sure. upregulate the respiratory mechanics and so on and so the vocal warm up you know they'll kind of like check in we do like test retest and they so she does a, a vocal warm up with them and then I lead them through this hour session and then they recheck and the the sound that they're able to make after a session is just bone, bone shatteringly vibratory and unbelievable. Wow. So I did the session with them. And then a few hours later she went and she taught, you know, she's teaching all day. And like three or four hours later, she taught an opera class and she demonstrated something. And she was like, where did that sound come from? Um, her vocal cord paralysis had disappeared. There was some, something that got upregulated, some little neural Relay via the laryngeal nerve, or probably laryngeal nerve, uh, because we do a lot of uh, uh, exercise that targets different portals, mechanical portals of the vagus nerve, which shares source nuclei with the laryngeal nerve. So that's my that's my guess I'm of what I'm just going to ask you about
0: that, but keep going, keep going.
1: Yeah, that was my guess about what what might have happened. But she was stunned that she had this temporary unparalysis, and of course, it you know. I don't know how many days later it went back to its normal or, or its habitual function, mm-hmm. um, but it's just so great knowing that that you know she can do this if she wants to, um, de- you know, employ a more full vocal sound, and that's something that no doctor could can do for her, but that she just by doing a rolling in, in the particular sequence that we did, one of the rolls or all the rolls, uh, ignited this for her. So the role model method. Did you have another question about that? Where I go the role model?
0: I okay okay yes. Thank you. Thanks for stopping there because yes I do. So and I wasn't going to ask it originally, but you just prompted me to think of this. So about a month ago, let's see, five six weeks ago, I had a paralyzed right side vocal cord.
1: Mm.
0: Well, they discovered it in very very late May. Uh, so, you know, scoped me went down. Ah, uh, oh it's not moving. So then when I went to the um, the specialist the the guy in town here um he scoped me too and it was moving so he did talk about this Laurential vegas connection mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. and i'm not familiar with these in relation to vocal cords i'm not familiar with the pathways or innovations but are you able to share a little bit about that because
1: go to chapter three of my book okay, and just read right. the entire chapter okay, on the vegas curve. By,
0: by the book and you'll
1: see schema you'll oh, see it in there beautiful okay like you'll yeah. see it okay. it'll answer your it'll answer your questions um and okay. also practice there's even even the book i have a practice called the vocal vegas um and there's oh, even a qr okay, code that'll take you on to some to youtube videos but you, you do need to do the 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 manipulations with the balls um, on these different portals of, okay. of, of activation or of massage to be able to stimulate and it's amazing. It's amazing how it works. So yeah. thank you, thank you to your, you know, ENT for, you know, giving you that clue. And then the book gives you practices to do. Yeah. Um, and with
0: all, you know, respect to this, this specialist who is, you know, so great. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that he or anyone in town, or maybe anywhere, really knows what you're che- teaching in Chapter Three because no. nobody talks about it. It's no, just I like know. they don't talk about a lot of things in the medical world that actually help. No, right? No, I'm, I'm yeah, holding up the book,
1: and then Chapter—I don't have this like—I don't have it paged out, but where's my Chapter Three. Oh, look at this! Great look, at, graphics, look at all these too. pictures of look at all these pictures of the vagus nerve and great um, beautiful so graphics. So many different. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, one of the one of the great blessings of my community is so many people who follow my work are clinicians, uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, chiro's, osteopaths, yeah. um, uh, well, a few MDS. I mean, I know there's a few MDS out there who follow my work, but certainly a, a fewer and far between than um, than uh, the, the aforementioned professions. My dad's a doctor. I mean, that's part of why I try to speak in clinical language, uh, as well as be able to bebop into magazine language and uh, sports and athletics language, just try to be able to communicate to so many different populations. Um, So the role model book is the subtitle is a step-by-step guide to erase pain, improve mobility, and live better in your body. And in the role model, I outline the new science of fascia and how you can learn how to map yourself using the different fleet of soft self myofascia release tools that I have or use your own soft self myofascia release tools. And Um, There's a lot of why. So I go through the the science of self myofascial release. I go through the science of fascia. There's a lot of case reports in that book about people who have used role model for their health and well being. And then there are 17 sequences that cover the entire body. Oh, beautiful! You know, from feet to from feet to face and everything in between. And then the Body by Breath book really looks more at the impact of. Uh, it's less about proprioception and knowing where your body is in space and mapping, but it's more about interoception and uh, being able to recognize your subtle sensing, the ability to listen to yourself physiologically. And that's its impact on being able to adjust your stress switch, turn on your off switch is what I say, and deepen into parasympathetic nervous system dominance as a regular practice to help you build resilience. So this isn't like build resilience by like going harder, gritting your teeth together, but this might help you if you do grind your teeth together, will help you um, <laughs> to relax the muscles of the face, neck, and head that are actually in the way of having a good uh, rhythm of breathing that can calm you down and uh, less being all turned up all the time.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm going off for just one second. But I was at the Ursa conference in San Diego this year, and I met a gentleman named Tony. I don't know his last name, but he was at the Power Plate booth with Lee Hillman, who is the owner of the company, who is a friend. Anyways, that's beside the point. But I get there, and Tony's talking to me about this, the shape of your face in relation to a history of, let's say, long-term grinding of teeth. Mm. or uh, the asymmetries in the face uh, that can be related to breathing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he went into this stuff, I never even knew about this stuff. And then I even got more into the whole breathing idea just because I don't wanna have have like an asymmetrical face.
1: Oh yeah, well, there's I mean, that. I am not you so know... vain
0: that I care that much about how I look, I don't wanna like, you know, like a unkept, but I don't <laughs> wanna be, you know, all tilted in 20 years or something
1: yeah well, the, of, the the oh, joint. He's got
0: anxiety he's bad off what's wrong with that guy you know but
1: yeah i mean you use your, your temporomandibular joint every phrase that you utter every <laughs> every chew that you chew every yawn that you make and it's used thousands of times a day and um you know it's innervated by the facial nerve and the temperament uh, uh trigeminal nerve uh mm-hmm. involved there in, in 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 different ways as well and so our Our structure, of course, we are a reflection of how we use our body, and how we do our body most is how our how our body does. Um, So we
0: take the shape of our environment, right, or how we move, or act, or both from inside
1: and outside, for sure. (sighs) Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Listen, I gotta, I gotta jam because I gotta get to. Yes, we've been on
0: for a while. (laughs) Listen, uh, so first of all, thank you. Thank you so much, Jill. I so much appreciate you uh, coming on. And I know it took us many, many months, maybe a year or so, but we're here. We did it. Um, For those who are watching and listening, thank you. Thank you. Go to TuneUp Fitness. Check out everything that Jill has. Go to a workshop. I've got to look and see where they are and try to get to one too. I, I want to do the breath one if you're doing those. If you have a live one. Yeah, I up.
1: mean, I don't know where this is coming out. My next Body by Breath immersion is in Canada. It's at a retreat center uh, north of Kingston on this beautiful UNESCO preserve. At this place it's called like Two hours Bloom- from me. What? Oh, three it's Bloom, Bloom Holistic Retreat Center, um, and there are I think three rooms left. This place is unbelievable. Oh,
0: okay, I'm gonna. And which is this the breath one?
1: Yes, this is the body, body by breath immersion.
0: Kingston is two hours. That's it.
1: Yeah, no, and it's literally twenty four minutes from Kingston. Oh
0: my gosh, that's so that's close crazy.
1: Small yeah. world, wow. That, it
0: is a small world. So, and then I'm I'm a, teaching. Right? What's that? A we're in going to Canada. Oh so, yeah, um, right. I don't want to offend anybody. I love I love Canada, and I love it up there too. And, and near Kingston is just gorgeous. So, tune up fitness. Also, uh, go to Amazon by the books body by breath which that title just says it all right thank you and the role model and again thank you so much let's stay in touch we'll meet at some point in person hopefully soon
1: keep doing yeah, the hopefully great work it, you do hopefully too. in august but i'll also be in chicago to teach a body by breath master class october 7th i'm going back ah. to northwestern for my 30th reunion oh, and i'm going to really? teach I'm going to teach at this place called Yoga View in Wilmette. And then uh, Los Angeles, November 2nd to 9th, I'll be teaching Yoga Tuna teacher training. But
0: people can study with me. That's it. But people can always
1: study with me online. I have lots of, um, I have an an online classroom there, the Move, Breathe, Roll classroom. And then if you want to learn more about fascia, probably the best place to do it is through a a program I did with Tom Myers called Rolling Along the Anatomy Trains. That's available through my Website also with Kelly Starrett, I did a program called Treat While You Train oh, and then a program on walking with Katie you Bowman. And them, three geniuses. Well.
0: I love, I've never met Kelly. I love Tom. He's so funny, too.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. It's fun. So, yeah, Katie Bowman and I did a program called Walking Well that's very helpful for people um, who are trying to gauge that. And then recently, I did a, a hit program with my friend, Doc Jen Fraboni, uh, called Roll to Hit. So, there's lots of offerings, oh, um, ways to connect
0: unbelievable and thanks again so keep up the great work jill thank you again you and i be in touch everybody thanks carl go buy her books and go to her courses yay TuneUpFitness.com. thank you all right have a great day we'll be in touch soon my friend